Good morning. Uh, just a reminder, I'm going to be out this week, uh, Monday through Wednesday. If you have any uh, pastoral care concerns, please feel free to get in touch with Bob Schmidt. Uh, this also will mean that our 2 p.m. Wednesday service will be canceled for this week, uh, but we will resume like normal the following week. Also, in the uh, back of your bulletin, I want to draw your attention one announcement regarding a 10K Lutheran Life Bike Ride. It is uh, taking place with a couple different LCMS churches in the area, and they're raising funds for Mary's Place of the South Hills, which is a Christian maternity home for pregnant and parenting women in need. Uh, We do have a sign-up sheet in the back in the narthex right under the bulletin board if you're interested. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact uh, Joy Baradelli, and her contact info is in the bulletin. The Old Testament reading for this, the 16th Sunday after Pentecost, is from the 6th chapter of Amos. Woe to those who are at ease in Zion, and to those who feel secure on the mountain of Samaria, the notable men of the first of the nations to whom the house of Israel comes. Pass over to Kalna and see, and from there go to Hamath, the great Then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms? Or is their territory greater than your territory? O you who put far away the day of disaster and bring near the seat of violence. Woe to those who lie on beds of ivory and stretch themselves out on their couches and eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp And like David, invent for themselves instruments of music, who drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the finest oils, but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore they shall now be the first of those who go into exile, and the revelry of those who stretch themselves out shall pass away. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the sixth chapter of First Timothy. Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, 
who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who had passed from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The rich man and Lazarus had lives that were very different from each other. The rich man lived for the things of this world. Lazarus lived for the things of the world to come. Rich man and Lazarus had lives that were very different. And the rich man and Lazarus had lives after this world that were also very different. The rich man was burning in a torment that will never end. But Lazarus received comforts from God so amazing he never could have imagined. Rich man and Lazarus were very different. But their lives after they died did not have to be different. The rich man could have had an amazing afterlife. 
But he chose not to. The rich man made the decision to spend hours balancing his checkbooks to make sure every dollar was accounted for. The rich man was the type of guy to make sure his investments were wisely diversified so that he would never take too bad of a hit in the stock market. The rich man was the kind of guy who planned very carefully so he could retire at the perfect age and then just spend his days enjoying the fruits of his labors day after day after day. Yes, he did all that, but then he died. He died without faith in God, and he was in torment day after day after day. His well-balanced checkbooks did nothing for him. His wise investments couldn't help. His great plans to retire were useless. Look where he ended up. But it didn't have to be this way. Today, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy and gave guidance, not just to him, but to all of us, about what truly matters in this life and in the life to come. It's not our money. It is our God. It is what Christ has done for us that matters most in this life, and especially for the life to come. St. Paul said this today. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith. But as for you, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Paul wanted all Christians to flee, literally run away from any love that you may have for money. For the things of this dying world. For all of the treasures that this world waves in front of your faces. Basically, Paul wants all of us to literally run away from money and instead pursue other things. So instead of just pursuing a perfectly balanced checking account... Make sure that you're also pursuing a balanced life in Christ. Always looking to him to be filled with his righteousness. Paul said that instead of pursuing a perfectly diversified investment plan, pursue a diversity of Christian traits that the Holy Spirit has given to you. Like godliness, faith, love. Steadfastness, gentleness. Paul said that instead of only pursuing a retirement plan of money, we should be pursuing a good fight of faith and to take hold of the eternal life to which all of us have been called to have in Christ. Well, what Paul says, that that sounds nice. We should be doing that, but... 
I frankly don't know if any of us have ever thought like this before, of actually pursuing godliness, pursuing faith, pursuing love, pursuing steadfastness in the midst of trials, or pursuing something so simple like gentleness. I don't know if we actually pursue these things. Not in the same way that you might pursue after our money. I mean, let's be honest. How much time do you spend balancing your checkbook every month? How much time do you do that? You probably make sure every dollar is accounted for and you feverishly track down those loose receipts in the bottom of your purse or fold it up in your wallet to make sure every single dollar is right where it should be that it's accounted for. And that's good to do. But if only we spent the same amount of time every month balancing our spiritual lives. How amazing it would be for us every month if we spent the same amount of time balancing our lives in Christ and spent time tracking down how every single one of our sins has been accounted for by Christ's blood. If only we would feverishly search for every single bill we owe to God. And then to see that each and every one of those bills have all been stamped in the blood of Christ with the words, paid in full. If we did that every month, imagine how light our souls could be every day. If we started every day believing with our whole heart that Christ's sacrifice truly has paid off Every bill we have ever owed to God. That would not just be an amazing start to your day. That would be an amazing start for your whole life in Christ. A life that will never end. What is it that we pursue? If you invest your money in a 401k or somewhere else, You can see how your money is wisely diversified. And it's so easy to let our hearts sink each month when the stocks take a dip. Or our hearts leap when the markets are good. How fickle our hearts are to be so easily manipulated by something in life like a little bit of money. When it's gone, we're sad. When we have it, we're happy. We can act like little pouting children sometimes when it comes to money. But it doesn't have to be this way. You see, God has also made an investment. And God is looking for a big return in his investments. And God's investment is in you. It was a lot that Jesus went through for you. When he was crucified. Willingly dying on a cross. Was not easy to do. But God did it for a good reason. God is invested in you. 
And on the day Jesus returns, God is going to reap a huge return on his investment. God will gain for himself a holy people who will be with him forever. And that includes you. So what is it we're pursuing when it comes to money and the things of this world? When it comes to retirement, we may plan for decades in advance. We may take classes and workshops that teach us how to properly and wisely retire. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with planning for retirement. But it would be very wrong if we neglected our greater retirement. One day, we will all die. Every single one of us. And one day at the final judgment, we will all be raised again. Unbelievers will follow the rich man into everlasting torment. But believers will follow Lazarus and enjoy comforts beyond our wildest dreams. God has a great retirement plan all laid out for you. And you don't have to attend a workshop to learn about it. God has told you about his retirement plan in the scriptures. You don't have to scrimp and save for a retirement plan that will last just a few decades. God's retirement plan lasts decades and hundreds of years and thousands of years. God's retirement plan for you lasts forever. And that plan has been given to you freely by Christ. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he did that for you. When he baptized you, he washed that retirement plan over you. When you come to communion today, Jesus lays that retirement plan in your hands when he says, given for the forgiveness of all of your sins. All believers will follow Jesus one day. And like Jesus, we also will rise from the dead, be given glorified bodies just like Jesus' body, and live an everlasting life with God and all the saints, and receive comforts beyond our wildest dreams. No one has to be like the rich man. No one does. We can be like Lazarus who lived this life in faith. We can live trusting in God that the greater account is not in our banks, but in Christ who has accounted for every one of our sins through his own blood. We can live trusting in God that the greater investment is not in a 401k, But in what God has invested in you, he gave his own son into death for the forgiveness of every one of our sins. God is very invested in you. And we can live now and live forever knowing in the very depth of our souls that God has made the greatest retirement plan for you. 
God has a retirement plan for you that nothing compares to. Social security, money in your saving accounts, these man-made plans are nothing compared to what God has planned for you. You have a retirement plan called the resurrection of the dead and life everlasting. And it will be so wonderful. It will truly be beyond your wildest dreams. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.